Hi, everybody. My name is Chase Clymer, and welcome back to another episode of Unprepared, an honest e-commerce bonus episode where we hear expert advice in 15 minutes or less. Unprepared isn't scripted or edited. There are no redos. When we screw up, it's going live. That works for this show, but it's no way to run your e-commerce business. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of Unprepared. Before I kind of get into introducing Jordan here, I am going to set an announcement. Uh, we're going to be uh, sunsetting the Unprepared series as a whole. Uh, but I have a couple more of these in the can, and I'll have a whole episode about why we're doing this in the future. But I'm just going to get it out there now uh, because why not? You know what I mean? I've, I've been thinking about it all day. So anyways, uh, welcoming to the show today, Jordan West. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great, Chase. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on one, one of the last Unprepareds. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, uh, so the, in a nutshell, we started doing this as a bonus episode when the pandemic hit. Um, and so we, we doubled and then tripled down on content. Um, and now uh, things are opening back up and I'm going to start being able to... We're going to start being able to do events again. Uh, so we're just pushing the bandwidth over to start doing events is essentially what's happening here. Totally makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I like it. I, I think a lot of people are pivoting back into to live events for sure. I'm so I just got a I just got an email uh like 20 minutes ago from Grocery Shop uh with the dates for the Vegas event so I'm super excited about that. Cool, cool, that's great. Awesome. So for the people that are unaware, myself included, uh give me the crash course. What do you do? What are you up to? What's the business all about? Yeah, totally. So uh own now uh five soon to be six uh e-com brands um as well as an e-commerce agency. Um so really everything that I do um and live is is in the e-com world. Um, it worked out really, really well for us in 2020, um, having all of that, um, and uh, and hopefully continuing on in 2021. So um, that is me in a nutshell right now. Awesome. All right. So let's uh, let's dive in a little bit deeper now. Are all these brands are these brands, uh, um, you know, just private labeled Amazon stuff, or are they, you know, full full figured, uh, you know, Shopify experiences, you know, what's kind of the tech stack look like? How are these uh, brands marketed? Yeah, totally. So it's the latter. So these are all Shopify brands. Uh, none of them are actually even on Amazon. Um, and uh, we uh, create all of our own products. Um, so mostly in, uh, so three, three of the brands are apparel brands, all made in Canada. Um, uh, so that is all uh, my wife's doing. Um, so she's a fashion designer. She creates uh, all of that. Uh, the brand down in Arizona um, is, again, a fashion, uh, maybe a little bit more like in the apparel space, less fashion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and that's more in the outdoor space. And then uh, one of the new ones is a magazine um, slash subscription box in uh, the outdoor space as well. Uh, and then we've got two more uh, fun little acquisitions uh, on the go right now that I can't exactly talk about. Uh, but yeah, they're all products that we create ourselves. Uh, we really believe in like owning that process. Um, and that's that's super super important to us. Yeah. So I hope this resonates with the audience. But I am super nerdy about what we're about. I the question. I have so many questions for you. So what uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Were you an agency first and then brought a bought a brand, or a brand first and then pivoted out into the agency? 
brand. So we, we created our, uh, our first brand, Little and Lively, which is a baby and kids clothing company. Um, we created that and then my wife and I realized, uh, or I, I personally realized, I'm like, ah, I don't think we can do the day-to-day thing together. Um, this isn't working. So I was always the one that was doing the marketing and I was doing free consulting for people. And I just really loved that. And then the agency kind of just grew out of that. So I brought on uh, one partner now too, um, to help with the agency. And now that is totally exploded into, into something beautiful as well. Okay. So can I guess what happened? Yes. And by the way, everybody, (laughs) this is the first time me and Jordan have met our assistants, got us in touch with each other. So, all right. Totally. Let me guess what happened. You built out these amazing systems and processes for your brand and then copy and pasted them for all the people that were coming to you saying, I need help with this thing. Essentially. I mean, it was just kind of like, well, Hey, this is what works. Uh, and then, and then it's interesting how the agency came about, right? So we started doing that and realizing like, oh, we're really good at this. And then I'm like, why don't we just buy more brands? Like just makes more sense. Like, why don't we just like take all the upside on buying these brands that we really love? Um, And so that's, that's how that all happened. Really the buying the brands is just an extension of having systems in place. Yeah. So let's talk about those systems. Uh, you know, what's like the four or five, you know, you guys acquire a new brand and you're probably running through what they have in place and implementing your best practices and, and mixing it into kind of what the, the contractors and the, the stuff that you're already using and your tech stacks and all that jazz. Uh, what are, what are those systems that you're looking to put in place, uh, that are going to help separate, um, you know, a, a struggling brand from a profitable brand? Yeah, totally. So first of all, looking at, at their cost structures, right? There's a lot of line items that we can go in and delete right away, um, especially if we bring them in-house. So one that we're looking at right now, you know, we're, we take a look at all of what, what they're doing cost-wise and like, oh, we don't need that anymore. You know, the $40,000 that they paid in rent last year, we don't need that anymore, <laughs> right? Because um, we're, we're bringing them in-house. Um, I mean, that's, that's the first place that we look. Um, the second place is we're bringing all of the marketing uh, over to the agency as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've been fairly successful, uh, you know, from a, um, a ROAS sort of standpoint over the years. So we bring that all over to us. Again, we delete that cost. Um, and then we start to implement our systems just, you know, alone. Like, so the, the guys down in Arizona, there's 11 employees. Um, they're not using Slack to communicate. So the communication is like totally, uh, there's, there's really not much communication going on there. So we bring in um, some of our tech stacks. So we love Monday. We love Slack. Um, those, you know, that combined uh, is quite a powerhouse um, for us. And then we start to look at different ways um, of ordering, right? And seeing who their suppliers are. Oh, maybe we can, you know, get a little cost savings or maybe even improve the quality by using one of our suppliers instead. Um, so that's another place that we look. All right, that's fantastic. And um, a question that comes to mind is: Did have you now? Have you bought a client off? Like, have you bought a, a brand off a client before? Has it ever come up that way? No, no, not yet. But there's one that I'm looking at that I want to have a conversation with them. So, <laughs> I that's just you know, uh, being in this space, you know, you you have to be passionate. You're you're in a service industry, and if you don't truly deep down like want to help people, you're in the wrong industry. Uh, so I, I find myself often like, I know we could do this better if they just let us off our leash. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, when yeah. does it get to the, like, just give me the whole thing and I'll just do it better. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a line to cross, I guess, you know, I, I've always thought about it, but yeah, it's a whole interesting thing about, you know, owning a brand. It's been very, something top of mind for me and my partner for a while. Yeah. It's one of, one of those things. If you don't know it yet, you know, there is so much work that goes into it, but once you have the systems in place, um, 
it's it's incredible what what you can accomplish. Um, it's very very worthwhile going the brand route. Now with uh, with the agency, are you charging the brands um, a rate to work with the agency? Are you still keeping those things separate? Yeah, that's a great question. So what we're actually doing right now is we're using them as our training tools. So it allows me because I wouldn't normally have time to be able to help train um, new ad account managers, new um, uh, actual account managers. I would never have time to train them. But the great thing is, is that we we take these brands and we help train our employees using those brands. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very uh, ace in the hole strategy there. Um, And then what's the uh, what's it look like with kind of uh, because we have internal projects at the agency, you know, we have honesty commerce, and that's an internal project, we have the electric eye website and all the content around that and all the weird stuff that I'm doing in the marketing world. You know, those are internal projects. How do you weigh what project to work on, you know, like a brand that you own versus a client's brand, you know, is there any sort of uh, weighted concerns of like, which gets priority? Totally. Yeah. Great, great question. So uh, clients will come first. Um, worst case, uh, I will take over the management of those accounts uh, if we have to. Um, we also have internal teams uh, at all of our companies, um, and they've got a lot of resources there that they can use. We can push that back to the team um, if we don't necessarily have the bandwidth, which uh, I'm sure you know in the agency world right now, it's been uh, hiring has been a little bit more difficult than normal. Um, yes. <laughs> we- Wage expectations have uh, have have gone up substantially uh, during this time, especially in e-commerce. So, uh, so we've had to juggle all of that a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was just uh, I was on a, another podcast this morning, and like my ending advice was uh, hire the most expensive thing you can afford. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much like how it's working these days. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Like we we had one employee leave recently, and the offer that he got. Um, comparatively, and we're Canadian, right? So um, mm-hmm. the offer that he got was like triple what we were paying. <laughs> like, okay, like we can't we can't afford that. It's it's not possible. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this industry. Yeah, there's a lot of legacy brands getting into the space, and if you've got any uh, any kind of history with direct to consumer or anything like the offers are going to be very substantial, kind of on the the service side of things. Uh, you know, if you have a skill. Uh, the job market is is looking pretty good, um, but mm-hmm. on the flip side, working for smaller agencies like you know like Electric Eye or, or Jordan's. What's the name of your agency for people that don't know? Mindful Marketing. Absolutely. So for Mindful Marketing or for Electric Eye, um, it's a definitely it's not a family. I hate when people use the word family to describe their businesses because that's a ploy. Um, but it's definitely a fun, more fun experience. Uh, you you get to do a lot more things. You get to be cre- way more creative. It's a lot less rigid. Uh, you're allowed to just be like, "Hey, this process is stupid. What if we just do this instead?" You know. But when you go to these bigger things, you're just kind of checking boxes all day. Totally, totally. I mean, they they're so set in their ways at the big agencies, right? So whereas like we're definitely able to pivot a lot faster. Yeah, and and be nimble. And I mean, heck, just like last week, we had a conversation internally. And we we're like, we just I don't, we're not doing that anymore. You know what? I don't like we don't like doing that. We're just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, and that was that, you know, and you can make those types of decisions when your team, uh, you know, it, it takes a pizza or two to, to kind of feed the team when it gets bigger than that, there's a lot more moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. So, uh, we're coming out of the pandemic. Um, you know, you are about to acquire two brands. Like what in the world of e-commerce is like top of mind for you? What have you guys been noodling on or playing with recently? I think subscriptions 
moving into the subscription space, trying to find ways uh, to have that that type of revenue. That's something that we've never done before. So one of the companies we're buying has a subscription box element to it. Um, another one of the companies that we're uh, acquiring uh, has a subscription uh, portion um, with their bows that they sell. Um, so really seeing what we can do there and really, um, you, you know, e-com can be so up and down, right? Um, and so seasonal, depending on what products you're selling, um, that that subscription element, I think, can really um, help manage that cash flow, right? Uh, the biggest thing for anybody out there who has an e-com business is, is cash flow, right? Read Shoe Dog, and listen to how long it took Phil Knight to figure out cash flow, um, even with making mounds of money. Um, so it's, a it's that, that's something that I'm particularly looking at within our, our businesses is figuring that portion of it out, the subscription portion. Yeah. Uh, subscription is, is, is an amazing element. And, uh, we had a brand in the, uh, pool and spa accessories space and they only have, you know, there's hundreds of SKUs on the store, but they just made a subscription for only their generic filters that they source and private labeled. That's all it is. And that pays that's it makes them a lot of money now they've been doing it for two years they've built a whole marketing funnel around just that thing um so that's a way to introduce it to a store that doesn't that isn't built around that model you know what i mean there are products that you have totally. that anything that's replenishable or uh you know wears out over time uh you could definitely build a subscription like aspect to it you don't need to redo your entire business model to make it all about subscription i think some people uh, get lost in that sauce. Yeah, I think that I, th I think that there's some really easy wins. Um, selfishly, I actually uh, next week um, uh, am hosting an event um, that I was able to get some really good big names in the subscription space out to, like uh, Ezra Firestone, Ryan McKenzie, and some of these guys who have done really good jobs with their subscription products. Because um, I want to just ask them where that entry point is for brands, right? Um, you know, these brands doing 10 or $20 million a year that don't have subscription products. Um, it's just such an easy win. Um, so that's, that's really what I want to know. Yeah. And then kind of to your point of, uh, you said the thing about kind of the, the money and, and figuring out cash flow. I think there's like definitely three stages of a business. There's like, uh, you know, the one, zero to 1 million, right? There's this finding product market fit. That's your, that's kind of like the big audacious goal there. And totally. then from one to 10 million, it's figuring out how to uh, profitably acquire customers. You know what I mean? People call it scaling, they call it growth, whatever. If you spend a dollar, you get whatever more than a dollar back. Figuring out how to do that is you're pretty much your goal from one to 10 million. And then after 10 million, it's, it's financing, it's figuring out cash flow, and it's akin to money magic, is kind of what I've heard. There's a lot of stuff that goes on there. That is, uh, you know, 300, 400 level stuff that is, you got to be deep in the game to kind of learn these things. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, managing cash flow, um, even at that lower level, right? Even in that five to 10 million range is very difficult, um, especially when you have inventory heavy businesses. Um, I mean, at our clothing company, uh, just just outside of where I am here, um, we're carrying at any time generally around a million dollars of, of clothes um, just in raw costs. Um, yeah. And that's a lot to, to handle, right? That's a lot to handle at, at this point. Yeah. And it's it's like it's basically parking that money until it sells and it, figuring that stuff out, figuring out, uh, you know, getting more friendly terms without being 
you know, kind of an asshole, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff uh, around that and it's definitely, you know, gets more about relationships when you go up market than it does about, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought, to be honest. <laughs> It's good. You're unprepared, and and I and that's great. Awesome. Uh, so, J- Jordan, um, you know, I know that you host a podcast. Uh, if people are intrigued by what you have to say, you've you've got both perspective as like a brand owner and as an agency owner. Uh, and if they're looking forward to learning more about that, um, where should they go? What should they do? Yeah. So, secrets to scaling your e-commerce brand is our podcast. Uh, try and bring on great guests. We do three episodes a week. Um, really again, uh, just like you went super heavy on content, um, during the pandemic. And that has really paid off, um, just finding the best and the brightest, um, in e-com right now. Um, and then LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me just search Jordan West marketer. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. I appreciate it.